For the time being, the Syracuse basketball roster for the 2023-2024 season is finally set. A brand new name. Out of the blue, Kyle Cuff Jr., the former Kansas basketball player, commits to Syracuse today to round out Syracuse's available scholarships at this point in time. We'll break it all down. What does this mean for Syracuse? What does this mean for Judah Mintz? What does this mean for a handful of other decisions? It's Locked On Syracuse Friday, and it starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse. Your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome into your Lockdown Syracuse Friday. I'm Owen Valentine. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, a big news day coming off of a, a brief hiatus. I apologize. I've been out and about the last couple of days. Uh, got booked up with some things, so I missed a little bit. But we are back with a massive news day out of the blue. Kyle Cuff Jr., the Kansas guard, uh, comes in uh, and announces he's transferring to Syracuse earlier this afternoon. I'm recording this Thursday night uh, to go out Friday morning. There were some other transfers at this point in time, right, when when J.J. Starling commits. And that one was a little bit expected, a little bit rushed, uh, not necessarily rushed, but a quick decision. Uh, when you look at Chance Westry, right, you were in the picture. It was talked about. Syracuse has reached out. Syracuse had reached out. They're talking. They're talking top fives, things like that. And he ends up at Syracuse. Naheem McLeod, same deal, right? You know they were in conversations with him. You knew that they were talking. You knew that he came for the visit. Things like that. Kyle Cuff was a little bit more of a surprise. There wasn't that buildup. But you get some big news. And I'm trying to piece together sort of what to make of this news. Because there's some question marks uh, surrounding Cuff for sure. As well as some question marks that sort of arise at this point in time. Because just like we led the show. Kyle Cuff takes Syracuse's 13th available scholarship at this point in time, right? You got J.J. Starling, Chance Westry, Quadir Copeland, Justin Taylor, Chris Bell, Benny Williams, Malik Brown, uh, Naheem McLeod, Monir Carey, William Patterson, and Judah Mintz. Mix in for your 13 scholarships at this point in time. Now, we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth later. You could have one more available if Judah decides to stay in the draft after uh, what looked like a pretty good uh, first day of the combine game numbers for him. We'll talk about that another time. But right now, you, your lineup is set. Your roster is set for the time being uh, until you hear some more news from Judah Mintz moving forward with the combine. So who is is Kyle Cuff at this point in time? And he's a New Jersey guy. Uh, he played at Kansas. He is a national champion. Uh, he did redshirt for that season, but he is a national champion, was part of the 2022 Kansas National Championship team. Uh, a really fun team, made a good run, made me some money. I bet on them during that run. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, was a part of that. This past season, played two games and, and suffered a knee injury and played as generous. He was, you know, all right for two games uh, and, and ended up getting hurt. 
Now, now per Mike Waters, who, who wrote an article about this commitment today um, and this happening, uh, he says the knee's fine, things like that. So if the knee is perfect was the exact quote. He said it won't be a problem this season. I've been back playing for the past two months. It's feeling good. I feel more confident than ever. I think that's a good sign. I don't know what to make of the knee. I don't know what to make of the, you know, he hasn't really played in two seasons. And so at this point in time, you're you're basing ideas and you're basing conversations with Kyle Cuff off of his high school hoop mixtapes, which are, are now two plus years old at this point in time, which naturally leaves you with some questions. And you're not entirely sure what to make of this. I will say I watched about 20 minutes of his high school highlights earlier today explosive in high school he elevates way better than i thought he would as like a 6'2 sub 200 pound kid uh he is explosive can really get to the rim can soar he's got in-game windmill dunks posters posters can really explode down the lane get up elevate and finish at the rim um i i did not necessarily expect that and so that's kind of a cool a cool thing from what i saw that the jumper looks all right uh, looks pretty smooth. I don't have numbers on his three-point shooting from high school at this point in time. I don't know how relevant high school three-point shooting numbers are two years removed. But I will say at this point in time, Kyle Cuff is a guy that, that has three more years of eligibility. And the case for a fourth, actually, uh, as some people were starting to murmur it as well, I believe. So this is a guy that that sort of comes in as as almost like a freshman. And I said the similar thing when Chance Westry committed to Syracuse is these are guys with so many years of eligibility remaining that it's almost like you're expanding the 2023 recruiting class uh, to go alongside William Patterson as the lone true freshman coming in in the 23 class. These are guys eligibility wise that you can almost, you know, throw under the umbrella and, and say that, you know, hey, hey, this is a more expanded class than than what you might have originally thought. Now, is is Kyle Cuff a shoo-in to be a stud at Syracuse? No, by no means is he a stud uh, or a shoo-in to be a stud at Syracuse. He went to Kansas for two years. He didn't play when he was healthy his freshman year. He got the red shirt, uh, and he got hurt in year two. There are, are mixed emotions, it seemed like, from Kansas fans on Twitter. And obviously, you take Twitter comments for what they're worth, right? The loudest people. Uh, on both sides of arguments, seem to be very vocal on Twitter. Uh, some people saying you got a good guy, uh, untapped potential. We didn't get to see what he could have done here at Kansas. Some other guys saying, I don't even know who this guy was or this guy has no potential, whatever. So it seemed like uh, a lot of mixed reviews in terms of Kansas fans and, and their parting thoughts for Kyle Cuff at this point in time. But I see this as... Right now, you don't know what the situation is with Judah Mitz. You've gotten two guards in the portal, in J.J. Starling and Chance Westry. This is the type of player, and I mean I don't mean this disrespectfully to Kyle Cuff by any means. This is the type of player that can come to you given that guard situation, right? You've got two outstanding guards currently that could play for you in JJ um, and Judah, you've got a guy with a ton of potential uh, coming off of injury last season and returning to health, uh, highly sought after recruit in uh, Chance Westry. 
You've got Quadir Copeland, Justin Taylor, guys that are going to rotate in at the guard or at the three spot. So the type, the type of guys that want to go in to that spot are, are not necessarily your, your shoo-ins. Your, I am going to be a 30-minute starter, things like that. You're going to get guys that want to come in that are a little bit more of a risk, a little bit more of a question mark, guys that still have potential, right? This is a guy that was a fringe three slash four star just on the verge of a top 100 player two years ago coming out of high school. He's a good player. He's got all that potential. He's still a good basketball player. But after two years, there's some question marks. And this type of role where you're going in to be, you know, a reserve guard that's going to come in and play situationally, that's the type of talent level you get at this situation. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think that at this point, when there are so many questions, so much that still needs to be proven, uh, that is sort of the type of fit that you end up finding. This type of player where sometimes it's going to work out perfectly. Uh, you've seen that in the past with a John Gillen. Uh, and I'm not saying caliber wise, but like, you know, sometimes your transfers work out perfectly. Um, a Gillen, uh, an Andrew White, things like that. You've got things that work well, they're quick, uh, even, you know, pre-immediate eligibility, your Wes Johnsons, things like that. And they're not necessarily even coming off of injury or these question marks. But in the portal, you, you've got guys that, that don't necessarily work out, Geno Thorpe, uh, things of that nature. So this is, you know, one of those question marks. And I, I, I wish him the best. I wish, obviously, I'm not here to say that I, I hope things go south. That is not what I'm here to say. But you typically, at this point in the game, I think, the type of players that, that are okay with coming into a role like this are going to be ones that coincide with a few question marks. We got more to break down. We got to talk Adrian Autry, who you know keeps pulling rabbits out of hats uh, and is killing it two months into the basketball season. We got to talk a little bit more about what Cup can do, what my expectations are, what that means for the team, uh, things of that nature. But before that, I've been out, so I have not debuted this yet. We have a new sponsor with Locked On Syracuse. Very, very excited to have them. It is Bird Dogs. I love them. They sent me a few pairs. We got them. I am a, I'm a thick, I'm a thick thighed individual, and, and these feel incredible. They make my thighs look beautiful. Uh, I feel great. I look great. I'm going to be a little bit biased there. I think I look outstanding in these shorts. Uh, they're comfortable. It's a really, really good material. I like it a lot. They're versatile. I feel like I could wear these to a graduation party. I feel like I could wear them to the gym. I feel like I could wear them to a birthday party. I feel like I could wear them out and about for a casual drink on, the, on a patio. You can wear them pretty much anywhere, hanging out with friends, going to the golf course, things like that. They're very, very versatile, very, very fun. Uh, I, I you know, I wore them the other day and I felt incredible. I looked great. And I, I tell you, I, I judge shorts on how they make my thighs look. And the thighs looked outstanding in these shorts. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I got one up here. It is on display. Nice little bird dogs tumbler with every order when you use promo code locked on college. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college today. 
get yourself a pair of shorts and look as good as possible and feel even better. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Owen Valentine here on your Locked On Syracuse Friday episode. We are talking a surprise transfer in Kyle Cuff Jr., a former Kansas uh, recruit, came in, redshirted, got hurt last season, but finds his way to Syracuse. Now, this is not a guy that's brand new to Syracuse, and, and that's one of the big reasons that you were sort of able to sneakily get him so quickly is you didn't need to bring him on campus for a visit. This is a guy that has been to elite camps in the summer for Syracuse, knows the coaching staff a little bit, has interacted with Autry and GMAC and Griffin all throughout the time where Bayheim was the head coach. And this shift, you know, just continues those relations. And Syracuse reached back out uh, per an article from Mike Waters. It was a little bit later in the process for Cuff in this transfer process. But because of that knowledge, because of the elite camp stuff, because of his familiarity with campus and having spent some time at Syracuse already, it was an easier decision. And he talked about the caliber of a program that Syracuse is. And I always get, you know, a little bit of, not emotional, but I'm always excited to see that people still care that Syracuse is slash was what Syracuse once was in terms of relevance, in terms of blue blood caliber, in terms of dominance, in terms of consistency. Uh, so seeing, you know, a player that wants to come here and cite that as rationale always goes a long way for me mentally. Uh, he actually, per this article from Waters at Syracuse.com, teamed up with J.J. Starling at some of these elite camps and, and has played with Starling in the past uh, at these camps, which is kind of cool. Back when J.J. was you know, still in the realm of possibility for Syracuse the first time around uh, and obviously comes back for take two after a year at Notre Dame. What do I expect from Cuff? That's sort of where, where this conversation goes. And, and because at this point in time, Syracuse's roster is filled in terms of scholarships. You've got your 13 scholarships accounted for at this point in time. One of those belongs to Judah Mitz. So for this portion of the conversation, we're going to pretend Judah comes back. We're going to go with that assumption. If Judah comes back, Kyle Cuff does not necessarily strike me as, as a day a day one, year one impact guy. Could he be? Yes, is my prediction that he will be, not quite. But when you've got Judah, JJ, Chance, Quadir, Justin Taylor, I don't know where Kyle Cuff falls. And it's hard to make predictions when, you know, you are two years removed from the last consistent run that's that's going to be publicly seen. And I know he's been playing for two months. He's been healthy for two months. That's not necessarily public footage, right? I don't get to, to break that down. I don't get to analyze that kind of stuff. So you're going off of two years removed high school footage and, and trying to piece together the type of player he is going to be at a Power 5 Division One basketball school. Not that he's not that caliber of a player because he 1,000% is, but it is just hard to determine impact. 
I think in that situation, this is a guy that could build a little bit, a guy that when, when Judah does inevitably leave uh, a year down the road, in this case, in this hypothetical, that can work into the rotation and, and compete for some minutes and things like that. Now, if Judah Mintz leaves for the draft, first of all, you have one more scholarship available. I know people have been talking a little bit about Caleb Love, whether you like him, whether you don't, whether you think he'd be a huge addition or not. Um, you know, big name guards going to the portal. Syracuse gets a little excited. It's fine. Uh, you like to have those conversations. They're fun to have. That's why people tune into Locked On Syracuse sometimes. Thank you so much for doing so. But if Judah's gone, yes, you now have one more scholarship opportunity. But I see the year one opportunity is a lot more clear uh, for Kyle Cuff at this point in time. You've got JJ. I predicted this the other day was my my sort of prediction of, of the roles and the roster and, and the way people fit at that point in time. And I did that under the assumption Judah leaves. We had a great day one or a great, you know, first stuff I'm seeing from the combine. I think 9.7 assists distributed really well in just 17 minutes, uh, which is good. Uh, good for him. You want to see him keep it up. I know you want him back, but you know, it's good to see him perform as well. Good for him. Uh, but in this situation, I have JJ starting at the one, Chance Westry starting at the two. I still think Quadir Copeland, Justin Taylor are, are going to get their run at at the guards. And Justin Taylor more so at the two. I talked about him being like a two-three type split coming in off the bench. Quadir could do the same thing, but I think Quadir is going to be more of a two. And, and right now, I see Kyle Cuff being able to do this a little bit uh, because I think the handles are, are decent from what I saw in, in the footage from high school. I think the handles are decent. His explosiveness is decent. I didn't see all too much about his passing ability, so maybe that's something that we, we need to figure out a little bit more about. You can add that to the list of, of possible question marks surrounding him. But I, I look at Quidier Copeland, I look at Justin Taylor, and they're not really point guard reserve type players, right? They're not really guys that are going to come in and run the ball or run the offense at the one. Per conversations with Zach Blackerby, who is the Lockdown Auburn host, and my boss, for what that's worth. Uh, Chance Westry is not a one and is not a ball handler in the capacity that needs to happen to be a one. And that's sort of what Auburn tried to do with him. And there wasn't a ton of success. He's also playing hurt, things like that. I think Westry is far more likely to be able to play the three successfully than the one successfully. Which is why I think Kyle Cuff, if he's got the capabilities to play the one, which I think he does, might see a little bit more minutes in year one at Syracuse as a result of that, if that makes sense. Where do things go from here? Right now, you've got to play a little bit of a waiting game. You look, you don't know what's happening with Judah Mintz. And we're not going to know what's happening with Judah Mintz until sometime about 13 days from now, 12 days from now, May 31st. That's the date. That's going to be circled. That is the last day that Judah Mintz can return and play college basketball. Now, I talked about this the other day. Fortunately, Judah cannot transfer at this point in time. It is too late to put your name in the portal. So Judah is going to the league and getting drafted, or he's coming back to Syracuse for another year. If Judah leaves, 
you have one more spot available. But until you get that decision from Judah, your hands are kind of tied at this point in time. And what you can do is a little bit locked in and you don't have that freedom at this point. And it's a little bit unfortunate because the question mark of of whether he's coming back or not can put you behind the eight ball in terms of reaching out to another player, in terms of getting in these conversations. I personally, if I'm, you know, a guy that's transferring, if a team reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we have a full roster, but if if Judah's, if our if our player doesn't come back, which we're hoping he does, but if he leaves, would, would you want, it's a tough sell uh, in terms of the, you're an if to begin with, you're a question mark to begin with. Uh, you've got teams that can come up to you and say, we need you, we want you, you're going to do this automatically. And I, I think that will loom a little bit larger with recruits. And I think that should loom large with recruits uh, in transfers, especially. So you're sort of sitting on your hands right now, waiting for Judah Mintz to figure things out. And you're not actually going to do that. You can go out, continue those conversations with 2025 guys. You can keep pushing for, you know, guys in the 2024 class, right? Continue to expand on that momentum that you started to build. Uh, There are some other names that Syracuse is involved with guys in that 24 class, which we'll take a look at sometime next week again, do a little update with that. Thomas Sorber uh, commits to Georgetown. That one hurt. Uh, Was once a Syracuse conversation, ends up at Georgetown. We'll talk that a little bit more as well. But right now you're you're sort of in in limbo of of what can you do. I'm going to take this away from the limbo, and and we're going to give some props right now. Because I, I put this out on Twitter earlier today, uh, and let's have the conversation. Adrian Autry has had an absolutely tremendous, tremendous offseason and two months as the head coach at Syracuse. He is doing incredible things. Goes out. Gets JJ immediately, gets Chance Westry, gets Naheem McLeod, gets Donnie Freeman, secures the continued support of guys up in the air like Chris Bell, Benny Williams, Malik Brown, Justin Taylor, those types of players that could in theory have left to transfer. Has a guy in Elijah Moore say, I want to play for Adrian Autry despite the coach he committed to retiring? despite Adam Weitzman, who offered him a theoretical million-dollar deal, not being a part of that anymore, committing to Adrian Autry and Syracuse. This has been incredible. So I put it out. We got 215 votes at this point in time. After two months of Adrian Autry at Syracuse, what is your confident level with coach moving forward? And 97% said it was solid or high. 46% gave a 9 or a 10. 51% gave a 6 to an 8. 3%. So there are seven people out there that said still needs work. Nobody voted one or two, thank God. But 3%, and I'd like to address this at this point in time, that said still needs work. We're two months in, right? You're not going to see on-court results until November. You're going to have on-court questions until game one. 
what more do you want to see at this point in time? Are you angry that they, they didn't get Hunter Dickinson? Is that the anger? You're angry that, that Jesse Edwards left because he's going to make double the amount he would have at Syracuse at West Virginia? Are you angry that, that Symir Torrance transferred? Are you angry that John Bowl isn't coming back? Like, where is the, the concern at this point in time? This is a guy that in two months has shown a revitalized approach to recruiting where he is a consistent presence and a guy that every single recruit I have spoken to and other people have spoken to speak highly of his genuine concern for players, his brutal honesty, the feedback they get from him, allowing them to become better players, and and just those conversations with him. And it seems like this coaching staff right now is out and about so often and continually place after place after place with recruit after recruit after recruit that you are seeing what the post-Jim Beheim era is. And you're starting to see what you've been looking for for so long, for so many years. You're starting to see those results with a younger approach to recruiting, where you're embracing the NIL era, where you are, well, to the, for the most part, yeah. You know, that's another topic. You're embracing what players want at this point in time. And here you are, a top 10 recruiting class in the class of 2024. Four transfers in the portal this offseason. J.J. Starling, a top 10 transfer in the portal. Chance Westry, a former four-star recruit in the portal. Kyle Cuff, even though, you know, the last two years have created some questions surrounding him, 105 in the recruiting rankings. A three, some sites, I think ESPN might have even had him as a four-star recruit in the 2022 class, or the 2021 class. You get Naheem McLeod, the tallest player ever for Syracuse basketball. A guy sought after by by other schools as well. And a, a guy that is a very, very good and strong defensive replacement for Jesse Edwards, who has the capability, right? We think back to sophomore year Jesse. He and Naheem aren't that far off from that kind of stuff. A a guy that has the skill set, the abilities, the capabilities to make a big time jump as he progresses at Syracuse. In my opinion, my confidence right now in Adrian Autry is at an eight or a nine. Can that change when you see on-court things? Yeah. But right now, my judgment of Adrian Autry is what he's done in the offseason. And he has had success after success after success in terms of offseason recruiting, the way he's handled the transfer portal, the way it seems like he is going about his business. He is at an eight or a nine. That will most likely shift in some capacity two weeks into the season when you've got a five-game sample size, when you've seen what Syracuse does in the Battle of Atlantis, when you see what's happening in these situations, right? When you see the on-court stuff, that will allow your rating to fluctuate. But right now, I don't see reasons to not be confident in Adrian Autry at this point in time. And that is where I will leave off this show. That is it for your Friday episode. Over the weekend, uh, shoot me some ideas. What do you want to talk about next week? What do you want to hear? I'm going to do a little bit with the 2024 recruiting class. 
uh, do a little update with that, maybe even take a little peek at 2025. Uh, in my few days off, I have missed some football news, so we can break that down a little bit next week. Uh, some other things as well. Uh, it, it, there's a lot happening. I got to finish with a shout out to Q's Women's Lax headed to the final four. Big win today over James Madison. Uh, they're, they're killing it. They are killing it. I've been saying it all year. Get on board. Hop on the train. They are ready to make a splash uh, coming Memorial Day weekend. I'm excited uh, for that. That is it for today. I'll see you on Monday. Uh, I'm heading out to, to Rochester, going to the PGA uh, on Sunday. So we'll do a little bit of maybe an update from that. Uh, throw something out there in terms of a prediction. I did take Scotty Scheffler, I won't lie. Uh, a few others as well. So we'll see if anything comes of that. But that's all for today. I'm Owen Valentine saying thank you so much for listening uh, and making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Until Monday, have a great night. Have a great weekend. Have a great day. Make somebody smile. Do the right thing. Be kind, whatever you want to say today. Uh, do something good for somebody else. Enjoy. Have a great weekend. And I will catch you on Monday. Peace.